When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick uh, doing Camp Notes Alone today on August 10th. 2021. So we'll get right to it. Uh, in terms of injuries, Ronnie Stanley activated from the PUP yesterday, as people know, but not on the field today. Uh, looks like he's still a ways away from 11 on 11 reps, let alone a preseason game. May not see action till the opener, in my opinion. Rashad Bateman, the disappointing news of today, he was back for individual drills, but left early with an upper leg issue. We're not sure if that might be a groin. Uh, and that would be obviously more time if it was. So another uh, continuation of the snake bites to the Ravens wide receiver core uh, that we've not appreciated over the last few years. Uh, others who missed practice, Hollywood is still out. Deion Kane still out. Jimmy Smith out for a while now. Nigel Warrior is out. Juwan James still uh, probably till the later part of this year. Kevin Zeitler out, in which Harbaugh defined as being between two days and a month. He thought in duration, so we'll probably see him for the opener, I would think, uh, perhaps a little bit before. Bradley Bozeman left practice early on a precautionary basis yesterday. He was out again today. Um, that meant a little bit of time at center, uh, which we had not seen before for Ben Bredesen. Uh, so a little opportunity created from that. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, as I mentioned, Miles Boykin still out, and Nick Boyle, of course, still on the PUP list. So uh, starting to be a fairly substantial list of injuries. And particularly at the wide receiver position, it's a lot of players 
uh, who have had the bulk of experience there for the Ravens in previous years. So uh, not a good situation for starting this season. Uh, the other position which is really hurting in terms of, of the injuries is the offensive line. Uh, there are a number of guys out, uh, and they are, they are starting players who just don't have any cohesiveness as a unit. So the starting five today, uh, the number ones, were Phillips at left tackle, which is a change, Cleveland at left guard, Cologne at center, another change, McCary at right guard, change again, and Villanueva. Um, so it, that's uh, you know, basically a different lineup every day there, and that's not something that you know makes it easy to gain cohesiveness, to gain trust in your, in your neighbor uh, as the offensive line moves along. During the season, you'll, you'll note that the Ravens will try and make offensive line changes on a one for one basis, meaning rather than make two or three positional changes in order to insert a player who might work and might create the best five, they'll, create, they'll take a lesser player to disrupt and change only one position. That gives you an idea of how important that line continuity is. Uh, didn't see any bad snaps today. That was some good news. Uh, but we did see plenty of defensive dominance again. And, uh, you know, a lot of that was just it's pretty easy to get into the Ravens' backfield right now. And uh, it continues to be a problem. The offensive line, two, Schofield, Powers, Mance, Bredesen, and Smith. Bredesen moved up to the second, um, you know, in terms of guards. He did take a few snaps at center. Um, but uh, but he's primarily at right guard today with a with uh, you know for a fair amount of time um, in this. But if you're a two or three, you're getting significantly less reps than the ones are in total. So the fact that Powers is there, um, you know, it brings up questions about where he really is uh, in the Ravens' plans to, uh, to you know to be a starter uh, when the season begins. He he did certainly start some time at the end of. 2020 didn't play badly, um, but the Ravens obviously also felt they could do better, and that's why they went after Ben Cleveland in round three. All right. Um, want to talk about a couple of drills now. We always have some fun with this on the show. The first is the trash can drill. So if you ever go to camp and you see them doing the trash can drill, it's a defensive drill, and you'll see the defenders line up opposite a set of five trash cans, which are intended to be the five offensive linemen. And it's really a gap responsibility and learning the defensive play call is what it's about. So Wink Martindale or one of the other coaches, since they usually do three at once, three of these schemes, will line up opposite a number of players. He'll make a defensive play call and then he'll make a uh, you know, call as if the snap is being uh, set off like yellow 80 and, and, and the players were all coming at the same time in their appropriate lanes of responsibility. And so that may mean rushing the passer through the A-gap or through the C-gap, say, on one side. But it also may mean they stay in position, they two-gap, or they drop to cover from the line of scrimmage, or they're a linebacker and they blitz, or they're a safety or corner or they blitz. And, and you see a lot of that kind of, a, of a funkiness going on. It's, it's, it's good to watch. It's something that uh, it moves at a slow pace. But it's clear, you know, either the players know what they're doing or they don't. And if they don't, they, they get some tough love pretty quickly uh, from doing that drill. But uh, it's an interesting drill, to certainly an interesting drill to watch if you get the opportunity. Also got treated to a really hot drill today, which is, you know, they have a lot of these drills that are, you know, cold drills, meaning they're non-contact drills. They're not, they're not 
um, competitive reps, but the, the competitive one today, and it was big, was the inside linebacker versus running back blocking drill, pass blocking drill in particular. And it's almost like an Oklahoma drill in reverse for running backs. They have to try and block usually a bigger man, a linebacker, and try and keep him out of the backfield uh, and, and out of a position where he can get to the quarterback. So we saw some interesting things in, t- in today's competition. And obviously, uh, you know, very spirited, this part of, of uh, practice. But Harrison twice faced off with Tyson Williams. I'd say they split on their reps with Harrison getting really good push the second time. Tyson Williams holding him off the first. Chris Board was very effective holding off Hill. And then he slipped by Dobbins, slipped off Dobbins on a rep. And then he slipped by Hill again on a third rep. So he might have been the most effective of the uh, of the linemen. Didn't have the best individual rep, but all his reps were positive, and that was a that was a good sign for Chris Board. Obviously, uh, the pass rush was a big part of his game last year, uh, but there were other things he uh, needs to get better at more. But it's still good to see that he can beat a running back uh, as a as a blitzer. Let's see. LJ Fort slipped to Edwards with an arm over. That was the best individual rep of the drill. Just a, a remarkable kind of a move. It's like he's they now he's there and now he's not. Um, but on the second time around, he was held off by Edwards. So uh, you know a fair exchange of uh, of uh, opportunity there. Hill and Dobbins each blocked Patrick Queen effectively. Patrick Queen might have had a rep before I kind of got in position to watch this drill, uh, but I didn't notice him have a good one in those two. Obviously. Now, this is a very competitive drill, and one thing they do at the end of it that, was, that I find kind of interesting relative to other things is they kind of have a hockey playoff line handshake at the end of it. So these players walk by each other in this handshake, and uh, you know, they're obviously you know, saying, hey, good rep, good rep, good rep. You know, so you don't build up a lot of animosity with a particular player on the defense. And I, I like that. I, I, I don't know if it's necessary, but apparently they think it is. So it's like obviously a very contentious drill. Very fun to watch. Got a lot of players I want to talk about individually here. I'm going to start with Brandon Stevens. Um, had some good highlights today. He came up to tackle Watkins on a quick out route that I thought was impressive. Uh, he was late coming from single high to help defend Marner. I won't even try and say his first name, Siasi or thereabouts, um, on a 35-yard catch up the right sideline. Now, normally the single high safety doesn't have a really good opportunity to make a play on that ball, but in this case, there there probably were some uh, a little more time than normal taken to throw the ball, and maybe he could have uh, gotten in a position to, uh, to make a play on it. Uh, but he was late coming over, didn't get there. Good coverage on McCrary on a swing pass left that went incomplete. Uh, got a fast pressure on what ended up being a screen pass, so he was maybe drawn in on that play. Uh, but still, hey, good to see him in the backfield and around the quarterback. What I really noticed about him more than anything, because those reps are, you know, they're up and down as far as those, those go, was he really makes an excellent choice for the Ravens' big nickel package. And if I look um, if I look ahead, and the Ravens often will play three safeties and three corners at the same time. That's the dime defense. But another package the Ravens have liked to play in the past with Anthony Levine and with Chuck Clark is the big nickel. So in 2018 uh, and 19, they, they, they played a little bit Chuck Clark both those years as a big nickel. They played Levine as a big nickel and some in 18 and, and again some in 20 very briefly at the early part of the season. When the Ravens, they usually pull that package out when the opponent goes to 12 personnel. So if they if they 
respect one but not both of the tight end receiving options in particular on the other team. They put a third safety in the game. That safety effectively lines up like a slot corner. And Brandon Stevens, we've seen him line up everywhere in camp and everywhere at SMU last year. So it's not like that's any surprise. Uh, and that versatility, I think, will be valuable for him. Our Darius Washington could be another guy uh, that could also play that big nickel role, but he's actually a smaller guy. He makes more sense as a, as a standard nickel than a big nickel. And uh, Brandon Williams probably more the, the, the reasonable choice to play that uh, 12 personnel beating defense as the third safety. So anyway, nice to see him in, at, at practice. Uh, ben Cleveland a little bit up and down today. Obviously got his chance with the ones. He made a nice block to help lead a 10-yard run by Edwards. That was one of his first reps of the day. Uh, on the very next play, he was in level two on a pass play. That happens more than you would think in the regular season with the Ravens. Now, why is that bad? Well, it's a penalty. Illegal man downfield if, if it's, it happens to be flagged. And so it's, it's a bad look to be in level two. But the Ravens linemen actually get fooled a lot by the mesh point in their system. And so they end up in level two. Something to look for, you know, when you're watching a game and you can see it perfectly on, on the regular broadcast. You don't need to wait for all 22. We don't know when that's going to be fixed. So uh, we worry about that. But if you look at just the regular broadcast, you'll see that there are linemen in level two on pass plays fairly frequently. And, uh, and that's something you need to try and avoid, in particular if the Ravens with this, with this uh, fakery and the mesh point that they want to often pull out of that and, and sometimes make a pass off it. The guy who really stood out among all players today, and there were a couple, but the, but the one above all others is Anthony Averett. Had a fantastic day today uh, in terms of being around the football and making sure that no opponent caught it. He did not have an interception himself. Uh, but he but he was on top of James Prochet when he dropped the football as he went down. Uh, that was a nice play. It actually, I think, was called a catch, but still, he was in the area, and, and uh, Prochet was unable to maintain control of the ball through contact to the ground, and uh, he deserves some credit for that. He had a PD near the left hash covering Jalen Moore. He had tight coverage of 81. That's I have to think about this. Benjamin Victor uh, by the left sideline. He had a pass defense on Darius. Uh, that was from McSorley, and he had another pass defense in the end zone against James Prochet. And he, Prochet's been catching everything, so to be able to, to pull the ball out of his hands has been pretty impressive. Uh, one of the be- maybe the best single day we've seen from any player at camp. Matabike had an excellent uh, day earlier in camp where he had about five notes on, on my sheet. Uh, we've had some big days from Humphrey, and we're going to talk about one in just a second. But I think this might have been the best individual day by any player, uh, Anthony Averett, today. Next guy on my list is Marlon Humphrey. Incredibly competitive practice. Now, that won't come as a surprise to anybody who knows who Marlon Humphrey is or, or how he plays on the field. But he is just after it consistently. And uh, early in practice, Lamar threw a 70-yard touchdown on a catch-and-run to Watkins. And what happened was the defender uh, gave up on the play fairly shortly after the catch because he was about five or seven yards behind of it. Humphrey didn't. He was on the other side of the field, ran like crazy after, uh, uh, after Watkins to try and run him down by the goal line. Kind of reminded me of a play from 2010. I don't know if people remember it. Actually, 2010, 14, 14, 2014, when the Ravens played a game at New Orleans. And on the first series of the game, Lardarius Webb chased a guy down from the opposite side of the field at the one-yard line. And 
you know, it's like, well, you only stopped at the one big deal. Well, the Ravens ended up stopping the Saints on a fourth and two play on that next series of downs there that ended up being not only not a touchdown, uh, but ended up being no points at all for the Saints, and the, and the Ravens went on to win that ball ballgame. Uh, I, I still remember that as like the poster child in Ravens history for the best um, touchdown-saving tackle that, that you know, had didn't have expected meaning at the time, but had a lot of meaning uh, after it occurred. So i uh, love to see that effort from Humphrey. Obviously, that's a great sign for him to do that with the other defensive backs, kind of show them how it's done. And uh, Humphrey is earning his money this camp in a big way. He's, he's, uh, he's being a leader, I think, in a very positive way, not just for the defensive backs, but for the defense in general, and that's a positive thing. He had a pass defense versus uh, Devin Duvernay that was flagged for DPI. Humphrey's also been picking up some flags this camp, too. He's playing very aggressively. Uh, he had two passes defensed against Jalen Moore, so uh, that was good. And then a contested catch in the end zone where he effectively stood straight up, didn't make a real big attempt to defend the football, but Jalen Moore ran into him and the pass fell incomplete. So I guess he gets a PD on that one as well. Anyway, very impressive day of defense for Marlon Humphrey, uh, and not without, a, not without a flag or so. Lamar Jackson, obviously in his second day back, people still looking to hear what they can about Lamar. He had that long pass to Watkins, uh, over Peters for a 70-yard TD. He had lots of passes to Mark Andrews again. In fact, I would say that the Watkins Andrews and uh, sorry, the Watkins Andrews connections are taking their toll on some of the other receivers. And the Ravens, you know, are down to those guys being their most significant receivers um, uh, that are still healthy on the roster with with Hollywood out, um, you know, and now with uh, with Bateman out. Um, but still, it's important to, to gain some connection and have you know, throw some passes to Devin Duvernay or Tylen Wallace on the occasional times that they're in for the same snaps. But uh, we're not seeing a lot of that. So uh, unfortunately, uh, it, it is what it is. And hopefully uh, there's an opportunity for, for um, Lamar to gain more connection with other receivers as this, as this camp goes on. Relatively few long throws today for Lamar. I hope I didn't already say that, but uh, it was a lot of short throws, um, a lot of a couple intermediate throws even, uh, but we didn't see a lot of level two, level three strikes, and we, we didn't see much at all where he went down the field, either down the sideline or, or in particular over the middle of the field. So uh, a lot of short passes today for Lamar. Other highlights, we saw a lot of big hits. Clark had a huge hit in the end zone for a pass defense against James Brochet. That was just, it was a very hard help your teammate up, uh, you know, kind of rep, and uh, it was good to see. So uh, Clark gets credit for that one. Justin Houston appeared to register a sack. Now, you know, they're in pads, but they, they also don't touch the quarterback. So you can't really tell for sure when a play is a sack, but oftentimes it'll be blown dead because there's too much pressure in the backfield. But sometimes they let it run anyway just because they want to see what the quarterback can do, and the quarterback only gets a couple reps, and if one is pressured, that sucks. So uh, Justin Houston appeared to register a sack uh, by pursuing Lamar after a mesh pull. So uh, you know they, they, they ran a sidecar, and, and, uh, and uh, he pulled out of the mesh to make a pass, and, and uh, Justin Houston tracked him down. Malik Harrison had good pursuit on a run play on the right side to tackle Tyson Williams. Adafi Owe bottled up a run play for a tackle for loss. Aaron Adoye had a, uh, a tackle for loss as well, also on a run play. And Calais Campbell had a really fast pressure um, on a pass that went incomplete. So uh, impressive set of individual plays. There, there's more, actually, that I probably could have written down for today. Today was a big day of highlights, particularly for the defense. Uh, 
more than the offense. Uh, offense struggling, of course, as we mentioned. Continuity at wide receiver is now an issue that is every bit as serious as continuity uh, on the offensive line. Uh, they do have the running back crew back. They have the quarterbacks back. Uh, but they really need to figure it out in terms of that offensive line in particular uh, to get it going again. Anyway, that's an abbreviated camp notes for today, August 10th. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.